1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I never met anybody who worked for Trump who didn't know who Trump was within a very short time. The president made it really, really difficult for, um, for us to honor that institution. And I do believe that a John Kelly knows very clearly that Trump is deeply disturbed And that he is utterly untrustworthy.
0: Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Trumpcast is the show about the man who's given uh, the American populace, the American voters, the American taxpayers, NATO, journalists, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Super Bowl parties, the Pax Americana, and the state of our beautiful blue planet cause for concern. We're all just concerned. Did I leave anyone out? In any case, I feel you in your concern. And today, my guest is Josh Dossie, a tireless White House reporter for Politico magazine. I can't believe this guy's output. Put Josh Dossie into Bing or Yahoo, and you'll see he had something like 58 pieces in the last hour. He also, though he's more professional than I am about it, shares the widespread concern about this administration. And today we're talking about Jared Kushner, Jared's private email account. And the Senate Intelligence Committee's recently leaked concern about the fact that Jared, who still has security clearance, didn't disclose the fact of his private email account to them. And they don't take kindly to secrets our Senate intel folks. We'll be back to talk to Josh in just a minute. But first, this message That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. prohibited by law. See
2: terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Joining me on the line is Josh Dossie. He's a White House reporter for Politico Magazine. Hey, Josh. I'm so glad you're back. Hey,
2: I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So I thought we would talk, um, but Jared's emails. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, you know what? I'm just going to concern troll Jared Kushner. I'm just concerned about his <laughs> use of a pri- private email for official business. I mean, I'm just worried about him. I mean, he's a young man and he's under a lot of pressure and he made this decision that, I mean, I don't know. It strikes me as, what's that word for it? It's, um, it's hypocritical, you know,
2: your voice sounds like it's dripping with genuine concern. I just, I, uh, I'm
0: I'm about to burst into tears. Tell me what happened. How'd you find this out? Jared
2: set up a private email domain, uh, back in December, uh, before he moved to Washington. Uh, and periodically, he's been using it for the past eight, nine months. You know, this White House is rife with factions, uh, rife with people who don't like each other. I think we've documented that. Others have documented that pretty well. And, you know, if you're using a private email account and you're you know using it widely and dozens and dozens and dozens of people know about it, uh, eventually it emerges to the surface. You know, there's no proof, again, that he's done anything illegal here. I mean, I don't even know how much trouble he'll be in for this. It's just when you run a campaign where the whole slogan is lock her up over a private email server, you know, it takes a little chutzpah to use a private email domain yourself. But again, just trying to get the facts out.
0: Well, okay, so we're always trying to figure out if it's chutzpah or incompetence or evil on the part of these people. So when you have a, quote, private email server, they kept saying server about Hillary Clinton as though this thing had been erected by evil deep state to uh, let, in Hillary Clinton's case, let her communicate about gefilte fish for her daughter's wedding. So are we just talking about that Jared Kushner just took his Gmail with him into the White House? Is that all that happened? Or did he actually want some kind of back channel? Okay.
2: He set up a new domain uh, called ijkfamily.com. He and Ivanka uh, Trump both had accounts on this ijkfamily.com com. Uh, domain uh, that they created in December. So it wasn't a Gmail. It was a, it was a new uh, email system that they set up uh, before they came into the White House. And then our subsequent reporting showed that, uh, you know, a number of other officials, Ryan Spieber, Steve Banner and Gary Cohn, uh, also have been uh, using uh, personal email uh, at times for uh, public business, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I think the others were not too happy to be dragged into the story uh, because of the uh, emergence of Jared Kushner's private email use.
0: is uh, Right. Well, then, right, then there's that those factions that you're intimately familiar with. But uh, also private and public are a little bit interesting here because his as a public servant, his communications about, quote, business are, you know, possibly a matter. I mean, when there's a Jared Kushner library founded, you know, in Manhattan, and we want to know all his papers, these emails are the kind of thing we might take some interest in. But the Senate Intelligence Committee is also interested in his emails. And also, that's where I got that word concern. They like me. They they let's say they share my concern about the emails. What happened? That was yesterday's story. Um, Right. They, they asked for them. They, they this, yeah.
2: this is actually one of the best stories I've ever found to be.
0: Okay. So the
2: Senate Intelligence Committee sends out a letter to Jared Kushner's lawyer that essentially says, when you came in and met with us privately, you didn't tell us anything about this email account. You didn't tell us it existed. You didn't give us any records from it. What's the deal? We want to We want to know. Is there anything on there that's relevant to our investigation and the Russian uh, meddling of the election? Is there anything on there that's sensitive? Oh, by the way, have you been communicating on any sort of private apps or messaging services or any other devices where there might be records? Okay, that's fair enough. So Jared Kushner's lawyer, Abby Lowell, sends the email to a prankster who has been appearing to be Jared Kushner in writing him. There was a story earlier this week, I don't know if you saw it or not, but this person who appears to be Jared Kushner, it's an email prankster, right to Abby Lowell, says, you know, there's actually some kind of inappropriate sexual material in my private email account. What should I do with it? The lawyer responds and says, does it involve White House officials? Does it involve, you know, anything in <laughs> oh, the public? No. Message? The like, person uh... says, oh, the person says, some of it might. He goes, okay, don't delete, don't delete, don't believe." Wait, the does he mean,
0: like, out. it was the suggestion that this was, like, slash fiction with Bannon and Priebus? Or, okay, you're right. I'll <laughs> save it for Twitter. Go on. <laughs> so, so, Abby responds to his prankster, you know. And, and Abby, by
2: the way, is the is lawyer for Bob Menendez, the senator on trial in New Jersey. He's responding to Jared from the courthouse. He responds. And it comes out that, that the prankster, not Jared. Yep. So, you know, Abby's chasing There's a story done on this prank. Yesterday, the letter comes in from Senator Intel. He types in Jared in his phone, but he accidentally types in the prankster instead. He sends (laughs) an email. He sends a letter from Senator Intel to the prankster, who then forwards it to CNN and Jake Tapper. So Jake Tapper gets a scoop that uh, Senator Intel is looking into Jared Kushner's private email account because his lawyer accidentally forwarded the inquiry to a prankster.
0: Oh, my God. This is a little bit like the um, clumsy mobile email version of the steakhouse overhearing of Ty Cobb. Like these are this is the this goes in the in the file of they are their own wiretaps. Um, Right. So this is where we know that Abby Lowell. What comes out of that Jake Tapper leak and this prankster seemingly on the side of transparency, but he's also narking. What comes out of this is we didn't we wouldn't have known that the Senate Intelligence Committee yesterday. I mean,
2: at some point it may have emerged, but we certainly would not have known yesterday that the Senate Intel was investigating this.
0: And so the letter to um, the letter to Kushner used this word concerned. He was they were concerned that Kushner had not disclosed his private email account in an interview with them. Um, Right. and, and, and all they're worried about is not that it contains porn. It's not that it, you know, is necessarily some kind of smoking gun. You know, he doesn't have a ton of conversations with Kislyak and Putin necessarily, but it might help the investigation.
2: Sure. I, I think they're worried because they don't know. I mean, one of the greatest problems here for this whole email and figuring out you know, how many people have been, have been using it and, and how is that We know people have been, but, you know, we don't have access to their servers. The government doesn't have access to their servers. I mean, we broke the news last night that the White House is launching an internal probe into this because some of the lawyers don't even know how often they've been doing this. Uh, So it's one of those things where we don't know if this is a nothing burger, where, you know, there's 50 emails and most of them are about scheduling meetings or trips and there's nothing there, or if it's just pervasive.
0: Yeah. We have no idea. You know, um, I... It was writing not long ago about the invention of the BlackBerry um, pre iPhone and discovering that the BlackBerry was an invented, you know, almost entirely for lawyers seeking rovable billing hour, you know, billable hours. So <laughs> right, so you can still be right. working when you're not. So it's lawyers who have sort of the most to hide that are that really should get crash courses in um, not switching addresses in your phone book um, and other things. I mean, I think what's crazy is we have people with national security clearance and lawyers who should know better who use their phone with no more conscientiousness and meticulousness than I do. I mean I've you know I've sent stuff to the wrong Rebecca in my phone book before. Fortunately not the wrong Jared. I do like that Abby (laughs) that Abby Lowell okay, so not to get too in the weeds, but I do like that once he discovered that he was being pranked by the fake Jared didn't change it. This is just my tip for him. Didn't change it to fake Jared. That's what I do in, in my phone book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you just delete that contact entirely. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. you know, so- I
2: will say though, to Abby's credit, when the, okay. when the first email came out and it was a prankster, his advice to Jared was, you can't delete anything. You have to forward it to the White House email. And in some ways, that was heartening to see. I Ah. because he didn't expect that email to become public. He thought he was just writing to a client. Right. And, you know, he could have said, hey, scrub the server, bleach it, whatever, you know. I mean, I don't think he would. Because Abby is a, you know, long-time D.C. lawyer and has represented hundreds and hundreds of people. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was an opportunity there. (laughs) We actually saw how he would have responded uh, without us having a lens into it.
0: Right. I mean... (laughs) Because they're their own wiretaps, you expect him to have said, I think we can get former KGB on this or whatever. <laughs> you expect right. the, leak, well, the it, leak to be worse. And the but- other day, the
2: other day when you, were, you mentioned the lunch where the White House lawyers were having lunch outside of the restaurant, A reporter for the New York Times overheard them. In some ways, that was heartening. He was saying, we're trying to give them all these documents. We think we might be okay. Some of these people, you know, may be in big trouble. I mean, <laughs> It's a, it's a bit consistent with what they're telling us privately. Uh yeah. You know, I'm not trying to give them too much credit. I'm just saying both of these were kind of moments of getting caught off guard, not thinking anyone else was watching or listening. And the stories don't diverge that much from what we know to be true. So so the, to be fed
0: and they may be they right. They may be mounting the best defense, which is what they should do. And and Abby Lowell and Ty Cobb, as you say, are venerable Washington lawyers. Um you had, I cannot believe it, it makes me tired sometimes just to look at your output. You know, a couple days ago, a century ago, in other words, in Trump time, a century ago yeah. you published a piece about these Russian-funded ads on Facebook. That that backed Stein, uh, Jill Stein, Bernie Sanders, and Donald Trump. You know, you see that headline: Stein, Sanders, and Trump. And I half expected Jennifer Flowers, Monica Lewinsky. You just are like, what do Stein, Sanders, and Trump have in common? They are enemies of Hillary Clinton. Um, You know, so um, so tell me about this. I mean, and also, how do you do it, Josh? How do you get? All this stuff. (laughs) Just you've got skills. They talk to you.
2: (laughs) You know, everyone in Washington talks. It's just a matter of how many of them you can you talk to. Uh, uh, You know, the emails. I mean, the the email. Sorry, I'm in email world. The the Facebook ads. I mean, there's about three thousand of them. And kind of what we know is that they were divide. They were meant to to kind of foment social division. To foment, you know, racial. Anger to foment class anger, and we think, you know, from what we've seen so far, certainly we're not pro Hillary Clinton. Uh, I mean, you saw the Jill Stein ads, uh, the number of ads that are kind of questioning Hillary Clinton's authenticity, you know, talking about being corporate sellout, being a sellout to the banks. Uh, the number of ads that are praising Bernie Sanders, even after Bernie Sanders has dropped out of the race. To so ads, let's say in September of 2016, where it's just Trump and Hillary, uh, against each other, Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump, and the ads are praising Bernie, uh, which is kind of curious. Uh, You know, there's several theories here. I think the theory that I've heard most is that the ads were just designed in some ways to maybe drive down turnout to Hillary Clinton. Not necessarily that they would help Donald Trump, uh, but that they would drive down, you know, turnout in some of these states. Uh, The problem is, I mean, you saw this week, too, Virginia, but Twitter. There's thousands of out there too. Yeah. That are believed to be paid for by the Russians and posts and I have to, I have, this, to we eat, don't have our arms around
0: it. I have to eat my words on that because as all this stuff about Facebook has come out, um, I've been very partisan with Twitter and thought that they've done a, a you know, a better job with bots lately, but um, but no, Twitter maybe in it sounds like maybe may have taken more uh, if not money, left itself vulnerable for, for infestation buy bots. So um, one of the things that I worry about as we try to assess the damage done by Russian influence ops is that we're still under the spell of some of those things. I mean, how many stories were there during the election campaign? I don't think you wrote one, but how, that said, well, there's still a lot of resentment by Bernie supporters of Hillary's victory. She's still widely regarded as a corporate shill. It gets troubling when the talking points are taken from what we now know to be bots and promoted right. hashtags. Well-
2: the only thing I would say back to that is it's unclear to me whether they were developing the talking points, or if they were figuring out from media coverage and from polls, you know what were effective attacks and parroting them. Um, I think this I is think I think this know. is
0: the most inf- interesting question about media space about American information space is. You know the chicken and egg issue of um, maybe it doesn't matter which comes first. Um, news continues to be dominated by hashtags pushed by bots and Russian-sponsored influence ops. You know, just the other day, uh, you know, on my my very favorite site, I don't know if you look at this, but I've I've mentioned it many times on the show. Uh, it's called Securing Democracy, and they have this is Clint Watts's project. They have a a, a dashboard oh, yeah. every day. Um, and the other day, the first ten were destroy the NFL and take a knee, take the knee, and every permutation of that. And then, what was the conversation? Even on CNN, even in the New York Times, even everywhere else, it was take the knee, destroy the NFL. Both sides, you know, right. both sides of the issue, but just keep that racial racial divisiveness um, front and center. Doesn't take away from the fact that it, right. you know, in some ways, actually exists there is a Colin Kaepernick who made his own decision. But I don't know. It's just sometimes I feel sort well, of de- defeated by it.
2: Right. Well, I think no matter what the president or anyone else says, it's pretty clear that Russia is not pulling for our success as a country. They're not saying, <laughs> let's help the United States. They're not saying, let's make the United States better. It's pretty, it's pretty widespread. I, I and mean, you look at these Twitter and Facebook ads, thousands and thousands of ads. There was a rally that was supposedly sparked by this, you know, just putting stuff, that was a Black Lives Matter fake group
0: that in one, in one case had more likes than the actual Black Lives Matter group. Ah, right. I missed that. Direction.
2: Unbelievable. It was, it was, it was
0: Unbelievable. Said, Unbelievable. As
2: opposed to
0: not help the
2: United States They're and not creating the fake Black Lives Matter group to say, oh, we want to make racial divisions of the United States better. We want to help heal. It's not true.
0: Yeah, we, yeah, we want to strengthen American democracy because there's nothing more sacrosanct than the uh, right to vote in this country. That I didn't see that hashtag, sacrosanct yeah, they, voting. There was
2: <laughs> a CNN story last night you should take a look at. It uh, talks about how they came up with a fake, uh, phony uh, Black Lives Matter group. They showed a video of police shootings in Ferguson and Baltimore and It's pretty
0: interesting. And uh, so you mentioned CNN. You saw something last night. You've always read everything, talked to everyone. How are you holding up? Are you tired? Are you? (laughs) I'm concerned. I'm concerned about you, Josh, and not Uh, concerned trolling. uh, Don't be concerned.
2: Uh, We're all running on fumes a little uh, right now. It seems like uh, the weeks get longer uh, each week. But you know, a lot of this is, is really important work, and I don't say this to be like, like, oh, my God, like we're doing such great work, but a lot of this is just, like, really important stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of these stories that we're working on right now, like the New York Times, the Washington Post, Politico, uh, that we're doing, like, are bringing things to light that people have not seen before. Uh, you know, I see uh, stories at least once a day that I think, you know, eventually will be put in history books as as monumental moments of his presidency. I mean, I think the past nine months has been, you know, a time of a political upheaval that we haven't seen in this country in a long time. And I don't say that as a partisan. I just think Republicans and Democrats alike will tell you, uh, you know, Trump supporters, non-Trump supporters, that everything feels really unsettled right now. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is a pace that can continue. Uh, actually, I was listening to uh, a podcast earlier this week with Maggie Haberman at the Times. She's probably, uh, you know, the most best source reporter on the speed. And what Maggie said was, you know, there's just no way this pace can continue. And she saw Trump and some of his people were already slowing down a little bit. And I sense that too. Uh, it seems like since John Kelly came in as a new chief of staff, things have like, flatlined a bit. I mean, there's still, you know, a daily fire drill. There's still something that happens every day that would be considered, you know, huge breaking news under any other presidency, I think. But it doesn't feel... Do you remember that state for like a few months there where it felt like every day at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock there was some new huge bombshell revelation? Yeah, it yes. like It's been quite like that lately. I mean, who knows? It might return next week. Uh, it feels a little bit more serene. I don't want to use the word serene. What's the word? It feels a little bit more normal, I guess.
0: You know, it's interesting because both your stories about the investigation, you know, from this weekend, you actually did even more than this, but about Jared's emails and about about the Facebook stuff. G- Jamel Bowie, my co-host on the show, constantly keeps before us, if Hillary had won, because we assumed she would win, we didn't do the kind of reporting maybe we should have done during the campaign, but also, if she had won, we wouldn't have been doing reporting on some of these incredibly important subjects and complicated subjects. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, there's nothing I, I, to I be let me grateful for. And we really push
2: one back on okay. that a little bit. Okay. I mean, I went back during the campaign and I read a lot of the Trump reporting before I took my speech, uh, before I took over. I mean, I took over, you know, right after he won. So I've yeah. been almost a year, but I didn't cover the campaign. There was a lot of incredible reporting done on him on the campaign. Yeah. We knew about all of his business deals. We knew about his bankruptcies. We knew about his tendency to, you know, brag about sexually assaulting women. We knew about his personal history. Yep. There weren't a lot of stones that were not uncovered about Donald Trump on the presidential campaign.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the extent of of Russian interference. I mean, of course, of there was some re- reporting air. on it, but that's what I mean about. I mean, all, you're right that, that the press was certainly not, you know, indifferent to Trump's unfitness to be president. But they, but also the what we're talking about today, these emails, the things that keep us on our toes, are offshoots of the Mueller investigation. And others, you know, sometimes I worry that. Why are we just reading tea leaves? Mueller's the greatest investigative journalist out there. And, you know, when you can subpoena everything and you don't have to wait for leaks, you're probably doing a nice job reporting. Um, But on the other hand, it's been from you guys that he's gotten, I mean, you know, it was in the newspapers that the Don Jr. had had that meeting and Mueller found out, you know, from you guys. um, It's a very interesting symbiosis Anyway, you're doing such a good job. We love uh, reading you in Politico, and um, maybe a nap today. I'm just maybe <laughs>
2: maybe a nap this weekend. We'll plan a nap. This weekend. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Thanks so much okay. for being here, Josh. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. And, and wait a second. Do you follow us on Twitter? I am seriously not judging you or disciplining you. I'm just, I'm worried about you, frankly. I'm concerned about people that don't follow at Real TrumpCast on Twitter. Consider it a health measure. You'll throw off the concern of other people, and you'll also get to learn about everything going on Trumpcast at Real TrumpCast. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening the trump cast